Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm Gabriella Cruz alongside Nick Padone, Chris McNeil in studio, Halloween upon us. I love the pumpkin back for week two. Guys, nothing spookier than probably the play call on <laughs> third and three for the Browns. What do you think? Oh, Gab. Yeah. We're going to get into the Browns. We're going to get into the Buckeyes. Walked out of a Camp Randall with a big dub yeah. in primetime. There were a lot of doubters, but the Buckeyes were able to move to their perfect record. And Cavs season is here. We have Rafa in studio, host of Boobies World right here on the Big Play Network. So we're going to break down some Cavs stuff. It all doesn't have to be too tremendously spooky, despite some of the cobwebs that may be in Stefanski's brain. Hey, oh, hey, hey, Nick. Before the show, you were talking. You're a big Halloween guy, right? Huge Halloween guy. This is like my Christmas week. Yeah. Really? So, so what do you do? What are the festivities around the Nick Padone household for Halloween? Really, not not as many uh, now. Especially like I've just had such a busy month and a busy week. But man, my family goes all out. So Cam and I will scoop up little baby Bo, our little dog, <laughs> and we're gonna drive over to my parents' house. And my parents, ever since I was younger, they go pretty big for Halloween. So we got the you know the scary music bumping, the smoke machine, the strobe lights, you know, certain decorations that we only bring out for Halloween. Halloween for like the trick-or-treat crowd that we wouldn't normally have so yeah we go pretty big for for Halloween special tombstone this year yeah yeah it will be a uh, debuting probably on my Twitter at some point tomorrow oh, okay all yeah. right keeping it, keeping it quiet you're gonna keep it I, I a mean surprise for the people okay yeah tease it then all right, we can all right, tweet we can, it yeah we can tweet, we can tweet did you have it. a but pun it's funny. Li- Browns listen, fans are gonna like it I so, so I'm kind of on the opposite with Halloween I was out on the golf course last Thursday, and I, I actually played pretty good, by the way. Um, and then True I found bet. out when I was getting off the golf course as I was driving home, I saw all these people in costumes like around my neighborhood, and I realized it was Halloween oh, for our neighborhood no. last Thursday. Oh. I was happy, though. My house did not get egged. Nice. I was really concerned because my lights were on. It was dark by the time I got home. It was all over. It does. And I thought, I'm going to get eggs. That's weird. You got to do it, it just it, on Halloween. It it's on Halloween. I know. It throws the neighborhood off. I missed off. the memo. I missed the memo, so I missed Halloween. It throws the neighborhood off. What are you giving <laughs> out? Mountain Dew this year or what? <laughs> I know. Now I got all kinds of extra candy back at home that I never had a chance to I out. sent McNeil an awesome video of this yeah. dad who was just giving out two liters of pop to the neighborhood, and all the moms in the comments <laughs> are like, whoa, and these kids are going to rot their teeth out. I'm like McNeil, that's, here you go. You might have to hit up this guy's house this sure. year. There it is. <laughs> All right, we got to take our first break. We'll be back with more of this. And Rafa Hernandez Brito joins us. Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog show. We were just doing a little Halloween recap, but what do you say? We get right into Cavs and bring in our special guest? Cavs talk. Let's do it. Bringing in Cavs bilingual play-by-play announcer, Rafa Hernandez-Brito. Hello, <laughs> Calde, the mayor. Rafa, what is going on, man? We are a week into Cavs season, similar to the story with our Browns. I feel like we got to shake the injury bug in this town, dude. What's going on? Because now, obviously, at least these last few games, Cavs without three stars. DG, uh, Spida, and now Jarrett, um, who's been out since the opener with that bone bruise. Cavs got to find a little bit of health here as we head into this stretch with New York. Big, big, big games up here. Well, you know, first of all, I love it down here, by the way. A little different scenery for you than sitting. This is usually where Roth sits on Boobies World. That's what I usually sit. So, you know, it's the... three games into the season and I don't know how much you can actually get out of a sample of three 
basketball games, but you can actually see good things that you wish are going to happen more often, like, you know, the combination of Struz and, and Mobley, who seem to be getting well and getting along well and understanding each other without even looking at themselves. So those are the things, you know, the spider, Laranya Mitchell, you know, being the first guy with 40-plus in the NBA this season, I think it's something yeah. that kind of starting where he, where he left off last year. So I'm I'm excited about the season. Obviously, you mentioned the you mentioned the, the injuries, and for sure, yeah, you want to be healthy. Those are the things you can control, right? And you're hoping you have a little better luck going into the going into the the stretch of the season. Which of the new players are you most excited about this season? You know, Max is a little quiet, but. He's not quiet at all on the court, right? No, you know, no, he started with seven threes, the first yeah. guy to ever do it in his debut in the history of the NBA, hitting seven threes in Brooklyn. But I love and I get a big kick out of George Niang. And he's a the guy. The minivan, baby. Yeah, because he's the, he cannot, I cannot relate to the fact that he talks a lot of crap, <laughs> but he's really good at making fun of himself. And I always appreciate that trade on it because I'm good at that. And that only means that anybody, anything that people say to you just slides off. Right. And, I, and we, we kind of need that presence in practice and also during games. So I'm, I'm excited about George just making some big noise. I know he hasn't gotten off to a good start, especially, you know, shooting, but he has he has left his mark defensively too. Did we ever find out how that nickname came about, the minivan? Did he ever yeah, talk about he, that? We asked him about it and what it was when he was in when he was in Utah. And I know he started like a minivan from like the like a nineteen seventies minivan, you know, going off <laughs> or something. But um when he was in Utah he went out for a dunk and Donovan Mitchell was like, dude, what the hell was that? Because he barely dunked it. And he told Donovan that, you know, he's a Ferrari and he's more like a minivan. So <laughs> kind of like, he named himself. He, that's, and that's what I like about it. Like, he gave himself the name and yeah. he kind of stuck. Oh, that's and funny. And he's, he's really good about it. I'm trying to get him a sponsorship with some kind of dealership. You know, maybe I get a minivan too. Hey, for free, I'll drive anything. <laughs> How about, you know, early on in the season with all the injuries and all the players out yet, Evan Mobley had a big game the other night, and I know he's progressed nicely in the offseason. What have you seen out of Mobley? What do you expect this season? You know, I expect to see a lot more of what we saw the last two games, two consecutive double-doubles for, for Evan, and he's going to be featured a lot more. I always have the thought of that we're going to be really good when Mobley is the best player on the court. And, and I think you have to consider the youth and you have to consider what he's, what's around him. But you could tell the other night against Indiana that he needed to take over, and he did. You know, at the end of the day, we, we got killed again with th open threes in the fourth quarter, and that's something separate to, to, to analyze. But I think Evan is going it's, to... It's, it's, rarely you see a player get better every year, especially when, when, you, when you're that young, you know? Like, usually, you know, he didn't have any of the sophomore blues that everybody yeah, no, has. Yeah. And, you know, his third year was really good. So hopefully this one is going to be even, even better. How, how about this one, Roth? Just this stretch of games that's coming up with New York. And, you know, just the added coverage that that's going to get. We all remember how last year ended. I think this is going to bring out some of the casuals, if you will, the casual Cavs audience that understands <laughs> how last year ended and that this year it's, it's still so new into the season. What's kind of your just expect entry level expectations heading into this two game stand, you know, here in Cleveland against New York and then immediately November one against the Knicks? Yeah. First of all, let me just start by this. Even if we sweep the home and home series, does not mean anything. We still lost in the first round last yep. year and we still have to figure out what we're gonna do when we make it to the playoff this season. But, you know, 
you have to consider. I don't know what the the, the situation is gonna be with with Garland. You know, who 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 hurt his hamstring in the preseason and is still suffering a little bit. And you know, Jared, he didn't practice. He, he ran in practice today, but he he doesn't seem to be ready to to make the comeback. So I don't think there's a lot you can read other than see what we are trying to do on the court get a little better. You know, yeah. make, get get the guys take make the shot. Maybe Caris Lavert have another another half like he did in uh, against Indiana. You know, and Max Struess been a little slow at home after starting really well on the road. So, I think we're concentrating more on what we can do and let the let the result take care of itself. You talked about Evan Mobley. Who else do you think needs to step up this season to help push the Cavs back to the playoffs and hopefully do well there? You know. The starters are going to do the job. I think it's going to be the role players that are going to have to kind of come in and fill in the holes. You know, we all know last year we were one of the best defenses, the best in the regular season, and held the Knicks to almost 100 points in every 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 game. But you still got to put it in the basket. Yeah. When you hold the opponent to not, to less than 100 points, you expect to win. So you you think of the guys that came in. You think of Caris Lavert who just signed his new contract. You think of George Niang and also you know Ty Jerome who who's supposed to be the backup but he's also injured those are the guys that i think have to step up and continue we were really good last year when the when the bench came in and our game didn't change our style of play didn't yeah. change much and i think that those are signs of really good teams when 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 whoever is on the court continue to play the same style i like to Raf, some of the stuff that they have implemented i get that it's only less than five game sample size so far this season they're shooting way more threes i think it's a conscious effort you know last year okay we played great defense the best defense mm -hmm. in the in the nba really but now we do have to score the ball and jb was smart enough to kind of adapt how the offense looked last season. Now we're seeing more threes. And I think more to that is, you know, JB has talked about it. It's not that we're going out there looking to shoot 40 threes a game. It's that we're taking what the defense gives us. And That's I think cool. if yeah. you look at the 43, 43s or whatever the number is that we're averaging, most of them are shots that you have to take in the NBA. If they're yeah. giving you an open shot, you have to take it. Not all of them are going to go in, but you have to keep going. And I think we have passed on a couple of threes trying to get the ball moving because it gets really like a big sample of threes. But I don't think we're forcing it or we're going out there looking to shoot threes like a la Warrior style. Yeah. We're just looking to to take what the hey, defense gives open. us. And mm -hmm. then hopefully the open guy will take the shot because anybody in the NBA, if you leave him open, sh should be able to shoot in the 40% clip. Great. Rafa, thanks so much for coming on. We want to hear some more. We've got to take one more break, right? Right, Bone? We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. We are joined by Rafa Hernandez-Brito. We are just breaking down the Cavs and getting excited about the season. Really only a few games in, but hey, still exciting to talk about and look ahead. How do the Cavs stack up against the rest of the East, do you think, this season? I think we are going to do two things. To really fight for that in-season tournament that everybody had to be excited about. We even get a new, every, every team gets a new floor. I saw the new the, floor debut. The, the, you know, for November to December, Tuesdays and Fridays are for the in-season tournament. So I think that's going to be very interesting to see. At the end of the day, the winner gets $500,000 each. Nice. You know, when wow. they, and four days in Vegas. Not bad. <laughs> Did the announcers right? get anything for that? I, yeah. At least I get to go. I don't get any, I don't get any, <laughs> I don't get any incentive. But I think looking at the season, it's, it's just expectations are way up, right? After, after going from 19 to 22 to 44 to 51 wins last season, you yeah. always want to get better. And I know 
a little bit of the Browns energy, uh, sometimes overflows the basketball building, and people want to see results yeah. right away. It's an 82-game yeah. season. Oh, and, yeah. And I think you have to be able to manage by stages and by quarters, I guess. So we are excited about what the season will bring, and I think give me 15 to 20 games to see the sample and to tell you what 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 I think is good the season is going to be because right now it, it's, it's really hard to say you know what 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 could happen you think James Harden is ever going to play a game in Philly again or is he just going <laughs> to keep getting chunkier and showing up to the games as a fan i don't know you know i i i'm telling you I, i'll tell you something for people that are actually making comments about thinking they know what's going on i I'm in the building at CCC or Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse every day. And I'm telling you, I know a quarter of the stuff that is going on inside that locker room. <laughs> and especially in the front office. So anybody that is making comments about they know what's going on and they, they, they don't know anything other than what you read or what they post out on the reviews. It's, 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 my grandmother used to say there's always three sides to the story. You know, yours, mine, and the truth. Right. And, and and at this point, you know, we only heard from, from James. We haven't heard anything from, no. from Philadelphia. We just heard from the media speculating what's going on. I hope he plays. I even heard rumors the other day they were talking about, I think it was Big Perk was talking about him being a good fit for the Lakers. I don't, oh. you know, I, oh. I don't know about that. But, but you know, that would be interesting. He, I think he'll play. There's so much money to be yeah. to be passed up. But then again, you know, Ben Simmons get set, set out, what, a whole year? Yeah. So. so back to the in-season tournament. Now, as a fan, I don't quite know what I think of it because it's such a new concept for mm -hmm. the States. You know, it's something they've done in soccer overseas before, but they really haven't done it in any of our professional sports. What do you think the Cavs' approach is going to be to this thing? Is this one of those, we're going to go out there, we want to win this thing 100%, or is it kind of a feel, get a feel for it as you go through it? I mean, what's the mindset do you think the Cavs are going to go in with? I think it's just the fact that you're playing for something you want to win. Yeah. And also yeah. the games count for the, for the regular season standing. Right. So I think everybody's mindset is just you want, you want to win. But also when you think about I think they should leave the groups every year the way they are. Right now they're going to be setting them up depending on your record in the last three seasons. So I think I will have, I think it would be a better. some rivalries. Yeah, it would be a better opportunity to create rivalries. Yeah. You know, obviously I know traveling is hard to make it a, a mix and match from both leagues, both yeah. conferences, so you have to stay on the East. But I think it would be great to develop a, 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 a rivalry. You know, right now, you know, with the Pacers, they're like divisional, but there's really no rivalry between between right. the Cavs or anybody right. in the in the central division, if you think about it, right? Yeah. So I think that one that's something that the league is looking to build up. And but my point on that is, as long as the players buy into it, everybody else will. You know, I think we can and be excited about it. You think the players will? Buy I think the it. players will because these guys, they these guys make bets when they're shooting in practice. <laughs> so when, <laughs> they're when, competitors. You, when there's yeah. money on the line, yeah. you know, you know they're gonna play better. But it's also again, it it all depends on what the what kind of rivalries develop. And the fact that it's Tuesdays and Fridays, all the month of November and a little bit of December, it gives everybody an opportunity to get set up. And I think you know, with the court being in every place, you know, the the different the different court, it should be it should be exciting i hope the Eat fans buy into it but yeah. the, the fans are gonna buy as much as the players do yeah at the end yeah. of the day now the Cavs also have a new minority owner what are yeah. your thoughts what are your <laughs> thoughts about miles garrett coming into the fold i love it i yesterday when i when he made that sack at the end uh, in the in the fourth quarter i said that was his first sack as a minority owner <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> 
I think he's a really good dude for the city, for the community, and obviously for the Browns and the Cavs. He's a big partner, and he's going to be an ambassador. We're really excited to have him. And I think Cleveland is just lucky to have a, a dude like, like Miles Garrett. Hey, Miles Garrett, also big into Halloween, Nick. Yeah, you guys should partner up. Halloween guy. Yep. Um, last piece for you, Ralph, before we really get you out of here. Um, we had a bunch of big calls in Spanish go viral off the big play <laughs> handles. And I just wanted to know when you Everything's make... Everything's better. In Spanish. In, in, Spanish. in Spanish. It just adds something. There's From an extra level. him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When you make one of those calls, do you know, like, this one has the potential to, you know, kind of get picked up, really go crazy? Like, the one that comes to mind is the Mitchell game winner in the opener. You know, yeah. that one went super nuts on social media. Do you know, kind of, as you're calling it, like, damn, that was a good call? Or I, is it just in the moment? To be honest with you, I don't, because so many times people ask me, like, when we won the championship and Kyrie hit the three in the corner, everybody's like, so what do you, I, sometimes I don't remember what comes out of my mouth because it, <laughs> you don't plan for those things. Yeah. You know, I have to go back and listen to it. And, and I, I'll give you another example of how I never know what comes out of my mouth. It's the finals in 2018 when JR got the rebound and went the wrong way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, John Michael and I, who were both on the radio, were the only ones in the building that kind of got the call right because on ESPN on TV, they said the Cavs still won from, from the Warriors in game one. And then on the radio, they also made the mistake. It's 3 in the morning. I'm in the hotel a little dozing off because, of, you know, we just got back late from the game. We're sleeping over, and the, my phone rings, and it's a radio station asking me if they can use my call. And I, I was, like, half asleep. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. It's juice. And then I realized, like, what call are they talking about? We lost the game, so I have to go back and make sure that I didn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> say, say a cuss word or something in there to get you into trouble. But you know, wow. I know what I said. It really was like, I don't know what's going through JR's head. Like, what, what, yeah. where is he going? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know right off the rebound. I know we've got to go to break because Bohm's giving us the signal. But if you don't mind, let's rearrange the time a little bit because I have one more question for you. You've gotten a chance to do baseball too yes. this past year. Um, tell us about what your favorite is it basketball versus baseball? And what has it meant to you to be able to call baseball? To be able to call the Guardians, I've been asking them for like 10 years to be able to do this. And and, and finally, we you know we did a, a series a, a month, and it's my favorite sport. So I was kind of happy that I never had worked it seriously because I had done the World Series a couple of times, but I never done a whole season with the team because it was the only sport that I could actually watch and, and enjoy as a fan as opposed to having to analyze the shooting percentage or, right. or how many sacks or this and that. But in terms of preparation, I think football is the most exciting one. Oh. Because Wednesday you get a package this big <laughs> with all the game notes and all the stats and everything, and it's time to prepare your story. And I always tell people I have studied harder for a Super Bowl to prepare for a Super Bowl or a football game than I ever did for a thermodynamics test or a, or a fluid <laughs> mechanics test when I was in college. <laughs> well, you really have risen to the top in all that you do, and we're excited. It's always fun to hear hey, you call games. Well, we're talking about baseball, so who's going to be the Guardians' new manager? Ah. You got know. that? You got the inside no, track no on that? No, no inside. We're only See, interviewing was 45 people. I wish Sandy Aloma, so I have an in with the manager. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just like us, the managerial search continues. Well, Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Everybody go check out Booby's World with yeah. myself, Rob, and Daniel Booby Gibson out here in the Big Play universe. And we will be right back after this little short commercial break. Cool. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and it just
just like I have to go back and listen. Like when he sent to me, like send me the, the Harden play. <laughs> Alrighty, we are back here, Rafa. Is <laughs> 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 headed out of studio. You're good, man. Appreciate you popping I've, in real quick. I forgot we're doing live breaks this time. Yeah, hey, yeah. We'll see you later. See ya. And Rafa has left the big I'm place studio. I'm going to be dressed as a farmer, so when people ask me, who are you? I'm going to say, we are farmers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, need, we needed that on mic. Yeah, Rafa <laughs> is dressing up as a farmer for Halloween. Just is there so a he little can do parting? the jingle. Yeah, the, the we are farmers. We, we are, are farmers. Dun, 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 dun. He's the best. I wish we could have his laugh on replay. We need to get a little It is contagious. Yeah. Yeah. We need some Rafa drops on here. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, guys, that's that's about all the calves that we could do. I think we've successfully kicked a can down the road for the first 21 minutes of Ooh, this broadcast. Yeah. We can discuss the in-season tournament for another few segments, <laughs> can't we? Oh, man. Well, do you guys want to do a little fill in the blank? Let's do a little fill in the blank. All right, yeah. because I know everyone and their brother on the radio and sports media, Cleveland, is talking about the Browns. We could do it in a little different fashion, a little maybe out of order here. The Browns facing Josh Dobbs this week because we're looking ahead. Yep. Fill in the blank. Is this an advantage for Dobbs? Well, I'd say the Browns facing Josh Dobbs this week is karmic. It's karma. That's just the way it works in Cleveland, right? You know, we had Baker last year. If they leave our organization, you've got to play him. It's kind of like Scott Scott Pilgrim against the world. Isn't that – remember that? <laughs> Where he's got to, like, take on all of the exes. That's what the Browns have to do. The Browns are like Scott Pilgrim versus the world just with our exes. So this is just another chapter in that. We've got to go. We've got to beat Josh Dobbs in order to advance. So – Let's go Browns. Gotta you know, beat up Dobbs. weird part about the four o'clock st starts, man, is the games end late. You know, so it's yeah. dark outside. You know, the game's over. I get into Sunday night football, really doing some some big play work on the laptop watching that game. It's time to wind down and go to bed. And I had a nightmare last night. And oh, my no. nightmare wasn't really anything to do with what I saw on the field. It wasn't throwing the ball on third down with P.J. Walker, the interception off a guy's helmet. It was about this Cardinals game was my nightmare, and it was that Josh Dobbs because walks into Cleveland and steals a victory, and then what our Monday looks like, Chris, next week that uh, after that game. Talk. And it, yeah, so <laughs> I, I mean, this is as crazy as it sounds. You're you're you know four and three. This is an NFC opponent. Really shouldn't matter, but after the way that the Browns just lost. It feels like a must-win against a really bad Arizona Cardinals team. So I'm going to say that that's my answer, Gab. The Browns facing Josh Dobbs this week is a must-win. I don't know how, but it is. It is. Well, are you <laughs> concerned a little bit about Josh Dobbs just because he knows the defense over the last couple years? Or, uh, or is that not a concern? I mean, no, <laughs> because like the people that are right now, you know, like the like really just beaten down on Barry, and it was maybe a little bit short sighted to trade away Josh Dobbs. But at the end of the story, he is still a backup quarterback. And if you can't beat Josh Dobbs, I don't care if he knows the defense for the last 10 years, if you can't be beat Josh Dobbs, you got way bigger fish to fry. He's not that good. You got to find a way to win this game. I, I'm not, I'm not really that worried. All right, blank is the Browns' running back. I trust the most right now. It's got to be Cream. Got to be Hunt. You know, he's the veteran. He's the guy we brought back in when Chubb goes down. He had the game winner last week. He's been solid. But really, you got a stable of, I think, three backs that you can really yeah. work over the course of a game. And that's what it takes. When you lose a guy like Nick Chubb, you need the stable. And we've got a pretty good stable, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I, all three of them have been really good. And running back by committee has proven to work if you let it. You know, if, if they were to just 
call a run play, you need three yards. You're averaging four yards per carry on the game. Where I'm doing the analytics for you. Get me in Berea. Four yards per carry. You need three. Run the damn ball. I don't know what happened. Pick a guy. Pierre Strong. Cool. Jerome Ford. Cool. The Nick Harris at fullback thing is so cool because it's working. He's huge. He's a lineman lining up at fullback and just crushing people's skulls in. Put that dude in the backfield and tell whatever running back, follow 53's big, fat, you know what, and you're going to gain <laughs> yards. No Elijah Moore jet sweep, though. No, I'm out on the Elijah Moore jet sweep. They tried it with Goodwin this week. Same <laughs> no. result. Still hasn't worked quite no. yet. But keep calling it, Kevin. You met your quota, buddy. Minus seven, <laughs> minus five. It's a beautiful play. <laughs> oh, keep, keep calling it. Definition of insanity. All right, we're pivoting back to the Cavs. Aside from Donovan Mitchell, Blank is the Cavs player. I want to take the last shot in games. Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to go with DG, I think. I, I just the, I trust Darius's threes, you know, more more than anything. I think eventually we creep into an Evan Mobley discussion there. That mid-range jumper has turned deadly uh, really anymore. But right now I'm still going to say Darius Garland. I like Max Drews. I like what I've seen so far. He's he's extending the floor. He's hitting his threes, at least in the first game, looked really good. He's been kind of up and down since then, but I think he's a, a really good component for us and something that I think we thought Karis LeVert was going to be. And Karis LeVert is way too inconsistent for me, Yeah, and I like what Max Struess brings to the table. Yeah, and that's, they were missing that last year, somebody that could just catch it and shoot it, so it's been welcome. Jim Harbaugh will be coaching at blank next season. The Windy City. Chicago Bears, Jim Harbaugh, right down the street, not too far away. You're still kind of in the northern part of the country. He's going to be moving down to the Chicago Bears. I don't think the NFL is going to get a, let him get away with it, man. I don't think that, especially now that the FBI is involved, as, as uh, I think, what was it? Was it Future that did the song Feds Did a Sweep of Michigan? Uh, I, I don't really think that they're going to let him get off the hook and bolt to the NFL. I, I really think he could be out of football next year because of all this, as crazy as it seems. And maybe he, he gets his way. It would be so classic American sports culture for a figure like Jim Harbaugh to fail upwards and get a coaching job in the National Football League, making a ton of money after all these cheating allegations. By the way, this is the second time in a calendar year he was suspended the first four games of the season for, wait for it, cheating. So, I mean, it, it would be so classic if he was able to just skate away from this scot-free and go coach in the National Football It'd be interesting to see if the league, if the NFL were to uphold any kind of sanctions against him they've done it in the past yeah they've done it in the past they did with what Terrell Pryor back yeah in the day. yeah Tattoo for some game. tattoos so there is a little bit of precedent there I'm sure it's something they don't like to do but it's kind of funny that it happened to an Ohio State player and now you've got Jim Harbaugh in trouble are they going to do the same thing for him if he decides to bolt for the NFL do the right thing Rod <laughs> all right we got to take another break we'll come back with some big play bets Our big play bets this week and every week are brought to you by our guys over at Typico Sportsbook. You hear us talking about it on the show all the time. Typico Sportsbook. Go download the app and check them out. The best odds in all of Ohio. The big play boosts, Chris. 
we're hot. We hit the Browns boost yesterday. David Njoku finally Final. found yes. the end zone, caught a touchdown. Yep. Miles Garrett got a sack, and that was an easy hit for plus 850 on that bad boy. That's 8-1 to one odds on a two-leg parlay. Like I'm saying, you guys got to download it to find out what I'm saying. Once you do, head over to that boost tab. Look for our big play boosts. We're boosting Cavs games all the time. We're boosting Browns games every week, so you got to go just download it. Do it now. Use that promo code and the links that you see in the clips that we put out and bet with us on Tipico. I had myself a good weekend, by the way. Not yeah, only that me boost too. hit, I also loaded up on Seattle because I've gotten into the opposite karma because I was hoping the Browns would win. Oh, wow. But instead, I ended up with the money this weekend. So wow. I walked Chris, away. A little you bit bet crazy. against the Browns. I thought, I thought we were saying you can't do that. I, I, I did it. I, wow. I, took a, wow. I took Seattle both on the money line and then with the spread. How so much, <laughs> how much did you make? Ways. Can we have $5? I, I won uh, over 200 credits. <laughs> This guy you cleaning the, up on my misery, Chris. You should have brought the I would have been happier with the win. Good. I wanted the Browns to win and oh, walk yeah. away poorer. I but feel over walk away richer yeah. and the Browns lose. And I'm over here like a kid on Christmas with no gifts. Yeah. <laughs> we were waiting for you to bring the bagels That'll today. That'll teach you. Alrighty, guys. When we look ahead at this week, we're going to build our big play boost for Browns versus Cardinals. This one opens up as the Browns are seven and a half point favorites. This is in Cleveland. So the Cardinals are going to have to do that cross country trek up here to the land. Over under for this game is comedically low at 40. What do we like in this? Because obviously that's a big number and there is still no certainty. Kevin Stefanski met with the media on Monday at around 2.30 and he said that it's no guarantee that it's P.J. Walker. Could be maybe back to DTR. Maybe Deshaun practices Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and plays. The quarterback position is just one big giant question. I think it's going to be Walker. I think you're going I think to it's have gonna a, be Walker a couple too. of backups here. And here's a fun fact for you. Over a third of the NFL next week could be starting a backup quarterback. Wow. Browns, Steelers, Jets, Raiders, Titans, Colts, Giants, Rams, Cardinals, Vikings, Bears, Falcons, all looking at their backup signal collars for next week. That's no good. Wow. All right, well, what are we going to do with this boost? We're talking about the running game um, and running backs that are doing well. Kareem Hunt's now scored in two consecutive games, three. three consecutive games. And that almost gives me pause on on doing a fourth. It's almost like Nijoku? don't get don't get greedy. Same thing. Don't do, get greedy. We could do a copy and paste on last week with Nijoku and Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's been on a tear. Now yesterday wasn't the greatest game. He did get that sack. He did pay off. It was huge and, too. And huge Nij- spot in the game. And it was that was that's what we'd be remembering today yeah. if it wasn't for the way that game ended. So. I don't know. I do copy and paste. Let's I'm go not... to Joku again. Why All right. not? All right. Do I, I've, I'm feeling this hunt streak, to be honest. Okay. I, I feel like I wouldn't bet against this guy right now. And he wanted the ball in the fourth quarter, and he's been hot. I would just. We're going to talk about that, too. Hunt that, and Garrett? That quote that Kareem oh, yeah. gave after the game was, yeah, so, was so sad. I wanted to give Kareem a hug and be like, you know what, Kareem? I feel it, man. I would have given you the ball, too. Bro. It's <laughs> out of my control, though. Uh all right, cool. So we could do honestly. What, what if we think? do two? Should we just chase a huge? Why don't we do, it's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. They're one and seven. We, <laughs> I don't care who's at quarterback. We're supposed to beat this team. We need to beat this team. Like you said, Nick, it's a must win. Let's put them both down there. Kareem anytime. Najoku anytime. Miles Garrett sack. 
Browns money line in a must win of a rare four leg big play <laughs> boost. Let's go four leg. Shoot I for like the moon. it. I like it. We it's have a big to. Spread. It's we a big spread. Well. We'll throw it out. We'll just go Browns money line. Screw the spread. Browns win. <laughs> David Njoku finds the end zone. Kareem stays hot and finds the end zone. And Miles gets another. Should second. I also bet against the Browns? No. Good Chris. Lord, Chris. Stop. <laughs> Stop, stop, stop. Let's take a look at Thursday night football, guys. The Steelers will host the Tennessee Titans, and this is one of those games that you were speaking of, Chris, could very well feature two backup quarterbacks. Who are we taking, Titans or Steelers? I'm going to go ahead. I got to do it. Damn it. I'm going to take the Steelers. Really? They're at home. The Titans had an out-of-body experience. DeAndre Hopkins, that guy would look pretty good in brown and orange. $15 million price tag upset some people. It ain't my money. I'm going to take the Steelers. Hmm. I'm also going to take the Steelers. I Damn. think Kenny Pickett's going to be back. Little Hands is going to be behind center. They were embarrassed <laughs> yesterday by the Jags. They were. I know the Jags are a good team. The Jags went to the extent of taking terrible towels from some of the fans and celebrating with them on the field. And if I know anything about Steeler Nation, they're not going to take well to that. I think they come out and they take it out on the Titans at home on Thursday night on national TV. I saw enough of Kenny to – feel like I'm going to take the Titans on this one. Yeah. Oh, there Thank you go. You. Somebody I, needed to do I it. I saw Thank enough. You. I mean, he had like, I'm not kidding, 22 yards in the first quarter. He's or really something. Like he Or he's the first good. half. Actually, he's well, really good. Maybe, maybe like him. Maybe like 45 in the first <laughs> half. He just, and he's been averaging, what, over 260 or, or 260. He looks bad, and if he comes back, I'm just not betting on him. All right, Cavs on the Titan. Let's let's go to Cavs next Tuesday. Little Halloween special. Who wins? I'm going Cavs, but we also we got to build a little saving game parlay for this. So who wins? And then give me a player that's scoring 20 points in this game on the Cavs. Give me Mobley. Yeah. Mobley right. going for 20. We were just talking about Mobley having kind of a breakout season this season. I think that continues for him. So we'll go with Mobley for over 20. Got a couple of big games against the Knicks this week. You got that game. You got a game on Wednesday there at the Garden. This should be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. We'll roll with that. Ohio State, 18 and a half point favorites on the road at Rutgers. Will the Buckeyes cover the spread versus the Scarlet Knights? And it'll be Greg Schiano's Scarlet Knights. The Schiano man. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we go to New Jersey. You run Travion Henderson. You mix in a little bit. Don't call me Maserati, Marvin Harrison. <laughs> Get things rolling for the Buckeyes. I think they cover the 18 and a half. I think they're a team that's still motivated. Same. I think they want to get their business done in division, in the Big Ten, and, and start prepping for a few weeks from now when they're looking at Michigan. They pushed the spread last week. Chris, we were very confident that they would cover that spot yeah. last week against Wisconsin. That was a defensive showdown. I, I still think they got to find the offense, like you said, just run Travion Henderson, run Chip, uh, and get Maserati Marv involved. <laughs> and uh, the Buckeyes will be cool to cover that 19 out there in Rutgers. And I hopefully like Kyle McCord looks a little bit better this week. It, it was rough. It. Yeah, it was it rough. Was rough. Ride with six, though. All right, guys. Download <laughs> Typico Sportsbook right now. You can lock in all these bets with us. And don't go anywhere because we are going to finally rip the bandit off and talk some more Browns right after this. This segment and then the next one. Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm Gabriela Cruz alongside Nick Padone, Chris McNeil. It is time to talk a little more Browns. I know we waited the whole show to do we it, did but it. We really procrastinated. It's not, you know, looking good for us, but 
Where do we start? Yeah, do you want me? I, I, that's I can I can take some of the the heavy lifting off your knees and your shoulders. It's it's hard constantly teeing up these questions. So yeah. as I laid in my bed last night before my nightmare, before or after? Okay, this yeah, is sure. Pre nightmare, I wrote down in my notes app a couple of my my parting thoughts before I went to mm-hmm. bed. This is like being in bed with Nick Padone. Let's right? hear this. This is exactly deep thoughts what I, at night. Cameron Pillow Cons- talk. Cameron Kacharski. It was Pillow the talk meme. with Padone. It was the meme. She's like he the, the meme. Chris. She's like he's probably texting other girls. I'm writing notes in my phone <laughs> about, about Kevin Stefanski and the Browns. Note one, Kevin Stefanski in high-pressure situations. It's time to start asking some questions. I don't want to fire Kevin Stefanski. I know that was the other hot buttony radio thing today. It was right. Stefanski stay or go. Stefanski part of the problem, part of the solution. I don't know. I've seen him coach Deshaun Watson nine times in two years. I still don't know, but I think it's fair to start asking some questions about when the pressure gets high, his brain shrinks. Does he have the clutch gene? That's the question. We don't know. Kevin Stefanski, because I like his play calling yesterday. You know, he was running some counters, some screens to kind of mask P.J. Walker out there. He's running Nick Harris at fullback. I like those innovations. And overall, he had a good called game, a well-called game. And if you take that play out of there, all of a sudden we're looking at 3-0 and over the last three weeks, having beat the Niners and then beat the Colts, and then yesterday beating Seattle on the road in a very tough place to play, and you're looking at a totally different season right now. Now, you have one play yesterday that was questionable. You go 2-1. and one. That's not bad either. No. Nope. Right. I mean, it was a gem of a game until it wasn't. They literally yeah. pride of a defeat out of the jaws of victory. Right. I re-reversed the statement. They, they had that game won, and they still found a way to lose it. It was a gem. All right, my next my next note about Kevin <laughs> in my phone before I went to sleep. Run the damn ball. Nobody cares if it doesn't work. Rely on the strength of your roster. Running back by committee was working. It worked all day. Nick Harris at fullback was so fun. You got to play to the strengths of your roster. We talk about all all the time when we had Nick Chubb that he needed to write on that play sheet, and coaches do this. Run Nick Chubb. Now you need to write on that play sheet, P.J. Walker's your quarterback. <laughs> Stop throwing with them. That's how the game in Indy could have ended when he threw that football and everybody, no, when he was about to throw that interception happened against Indy too. Run the ball, man. You got an XFL guy at quarterback. And that's what we are. We're a running team. You know, it's death by a thousand cuts when we're really doing well against a team. You see, yesterday, Kareem Hunt didn't have really any big runs. His largest run was nine yards, but he gets 55 yards, not huge. But still, on 14 carries, he's averaging three and four uh, yards a carry like all the backs were, all three of them. So if you can consistently do that throughout the day, that's a good, coupled with our defense, that's a good That's a good um, way to win ball games for the Cleveland Browns Yeah, 2023. Run the ball. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people, it, it, it's what works, and we've seen it work. I don't know why you just get, get away from what works. All right, my last note about Kevin before I went to sleep, and, th- and this one's kind of deep. Oh, um, oh no! Deep pillow talk about Kevin Stefanski. Padone, yeah. this is if you're just joining us. This is pillow talk with Padone, yeah. Browns edition. All right. So my last note about Kevin is Kevin put this pressure on himself. All the outside noise, the radio callers, the tweets, the people that want him fired. Andrew Barry's in this conversation too. When they boarded the flight and they went to Houston to meet with Deshaun Watson because they said, we have a roster outside of a quarterback that is otherwise ready to win a Super Bowl. And that if you could upgrade from Baker Mayfield, this roster right here is good enough to win the Super Bowl. 
That's what you said when you boarded that plane to go to Houston. So there are some people that want Stefanski fired. And then I see also people on social media saying that they feel bad for Kevin Stefanski. I do not feel bad for Kevin Stefanski at all because this pressure that he put on himself, he did just that. He made this bed. He's going to lay in it. If they miss the playoffs, he's going to get fired. If Deshaun Watson doesn't return to the Deshaun Watson that he was in Houston, Kevin Stefanski is going to get fired, and he put this pressure on himself. That's just what it is. When he made the decision, I don't know if it was him and Andrew. I don't know whose decision it was, but they all boarded the plane together. They all met with the guy. They all flew back. They were told that they were out, and then they still offered $230 million, fully guaranteed. They made this bed. They're going to lay in it. And I don't feel bad for him at all. I agree with most of what you said with one exception. I don't think he gets fired, even if we miss the playoffs this year. You have an ownership group here that took a team that went 1-15 under Hugh Jackson, brought him back to go 0-16. I don't think with everything else going around with the injuries right now that Stefanski being able to navigate like he has so far, barring any big developments here in the last, you know, the second half of the season, I don't see them moving on from Kevin Stefanski. All right, we do have to snag one last break, but when we come back, we're going to keep this convo about Kevin Stefanski alive because we don't know whose decision it was to part uh, with Baker and bring Deshaun in, but there is one guy that will make a decision on Kevin Stefanski, and I don't think it's who you guys think I'm going to say. Right ahead. Go ahead, Boom. Send her to break. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. Nick Padone giving us his uh, pillow talk, <laughs> Padone style, Kevin Stefanski Maybe phone I'll have to notes. do my, note, my notes in my phone before I go to sleep yeah, on the show Yeah, every you week. should. Okay, you were trying to bring back the ghost of Baker Mayfield on this Halloween Eve. Tell us more. Yeah, so we were talking about Stefanski. Chris, you said you know that you don't see a world where he gets fired if they miss the playoffs. The Browns did bring back Hugh Jackson famously after that 1-15, and, and then he doubled down on it and went 0-16. Jumped I, in Lake Erie. I really, and, and I agree with you on that point. I think ha, if Jimmy and D and Paul DePodesta were going to get rid of Kevin, it probably would have already been done. I think there's one person that makes the call on if Kevin Stefanski gets fired, and it's not Jimmy Haslam. It's not D. Haslam. It's not Paul D. Podesta. Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It's Deshaun Watson. And if Deshaun continues to get along with him, which by all accounts, Deshaun and Kevin get along. I know they, they don't seem to communicate very well. well yeah. <laughs> they yeah, don't. They're not they on don't. the same page but all the time. Ever, really. But if yeah. we but leave that speculation of the outside stuff out on the field, you know, the last that we saw Deshaun on the field, they had that really cool moment where they hugged each other when they really Deshaun was coming off the field against the Titans. And that was the last that we did see of them. So by all accounts, it seems like they have a good relationship. But if something was fresh along the way and all this injury mess and maybe Deshaun doesn't like how it was communicated if Deshaun comes back when you look at this schedule take a peek your season boils down to what you do against the Baltimore Ravens and what you do against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Cardinals game is mute and then really the rest of it's probably mute too especially if you lose those two games those two games are crucial and if Deshaun plays in those which Adam Schefter said that this could probably be the last week without Deshaun and he plays in those two, two divisional games and doesn't look good then we start the the phone calls to Josina Anderson and she's leaking that maybe he's not happy with Deshaun with with Kevin and the stuff that he's calling so we've seen how this all plays out before and there's no need to really look that far ahead but I do think he's the one guy that could say 
this guy's not getting it done for me and I want him out and he'd be out. Yeah. And, and that's the investment, right? I mean, the organization made a $230, $30 million investment to Sean Watson. So if he says he doesn't like this coach, you're going to listen to what he says. But like you said, I don't see any indications of that right now. No. We see certainly communication issues, but nothing where you say, Ooh, it looks like he's throwing him under the bus too badly. Um, it, it seems like right now, more or less Deshaun's either disinterested or just more focused on getting back on the field than what he is with anything concerning Kevin Stefanski and Cor play calling at Cor this point. Correct. I think so too. I think right now the biggest thing for Deshaun is yes, rehabbing that shoulder, but also the mental side of like trusting that shoulder again and trusting that he could be the player that he was in Houston. Now on top of, oh yeah, I played like crap last year. Now mm -hmm. my shoulder hurts too. And that's a big mental hurdle that he's going to have to clear. I'm with and you, Chris. I think that needs to be his focus, not Kevin We've Stefanski. heard players talk about taking a week and two weeks off and how it feels rusty to come back from that. So I'm just getting increasingly more nervous in anticipation for him coming back. And like you pointed out, Nick, not just the physical side, but for that mental edge side you need to have to play at this level and beat our division rivals. Yeah, it's going to be a fun three week, really a fun month in November of Browns football. So follow us. Big play reflog show. We got some fun announcements for you guys next week. Download Typico Sportsbook and we'll see you then. Peace.